0: well welcome to the story of hope podcast where we are sharing the story of how the bible and bible translation bring hope to the people groups of the earth
1: yeah um, i'm alex winslade and i work at Wycliffe bible translators here in new zealand and today i'm here with
0: my name is esther and i'm here with my brother caleb and we are part of the band eversmith previously esther melody band
2: previously another name but we got sued
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah actually we in between uh, Estimility Band and Eversmith we did get sued and had to change our name uh, and actually our new name Eversmith or Aversmith is um, Caleb's last name right. which is different to my last name even though we are siblings and I'm not married uh, because <laughs> we we're originally both Smith and Caleb's Now wife was originally Everage and when they got engaged we were thinking of a wedding hashtag and I was like bro has to be Eversmith and then people kept asking them hey are you going to keep that name and they're like (laughs) actually that'd be really cool so we checked it out with the whole family and all the family was down with a combined name change instead of Megan that's just cool. changing, and we, they became EverSmith, and then we, we stole it for our band. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I love
0: um, it. so yeah. But we have been ambassadors, next generation ambassadors with Wycliffe Bible Translators for a long time now.
2: I think it's like thirteen years.
0: Yeah, mm. long time. So that's who we are.
2: Yeah. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah All Right. um so do you want to start with the icebreaker questions Esther
0: yeah we can go ahead and do some icebreaker questions so the first question that I have for you Caleb is what is one way that the bible has personally impacted your life
2: one way man that's hard to nail down because if you've ever read the bible I'm sure you'll be aware that it definitely impacts you in many 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 ways <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll try not to go for the obvious which is you know salvation the, the gift of the gospel because that's it's it's a pretty quick answer you know yeah um mm-hmm. so there was a um i've always been a bit of a geek and uh, my dad there's a story that he likes to tell where back when i was in primary school he came in to to say goodnight and and pray for me and he, I was reading a book, and he was like, Caleb, what are you reading? And I was like, uh, I'm reading the dictionary. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And, uh, yeah, I I did like doing those kind of things. And i was also been reading a lot of Bible since quite a young age. So Dad also brags on me about he one time came in to pray for me, and I'd been reading, and he was asking, well, how many chapters have you been reading every night? And I was like, ah, oh, like 10. And he was like, you're 10 years old, and you're reading 10 wow. chapters of the Bible a day. And I was like, yes, I am. Uh, and then somehow I still managed to fall away, you know, even though I was filled with uh, a lot of the word because we're all sinners, right? So yeah. I went down the sin path for a while. And while I was away from God, uh, I'd been skipping out on church as much as I could. I'd often go with my parents, um, go into church, and then sit at the back with my friends. But I was really just sitting at the back. So as soon as like the first song started, I'd just book it, and go down to the mall. <laughs> and uh, one time, my mom was like, "Hey, Caleb, if you come to church tonight, there's a uh, you're you're gonna hear from God," and I was like, "All right. I mean, I can't let my mom down, so I'll go to church, <laughs> and I'll stay the whole time. And uh, so instead of sitting at the back, I sat at the front with my mom. Oh, I think we were at the second row, but whatever. Mm. And so I'm sitting there in the second row, just having the most boring time because that can happen. At some churches <laughs> and uh, the guy's preaching, and he's a South African dude. And um, I'm an All Blacks fan, so you know, wasn't paying that much attention. And then he's walking along, and then he's just like, You, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my goodness, mama's right, and it's happening. And he was like, As long as the book is open you'll know the plans that God has for your life and you'll have an amazing relationship with Him. But if the book is closed, you'll fall away and you'll be drowning in sin.
1: Wow! And
2: I was like, goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, I mean, coming from the background of how much I had been reading the Bible. And then basically what led to me falling away is I did, I got distracted. I I stopped reading the word as much. I got way more interested in rugby and girls, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, the book had been closed for a good while at that point. So then uh, I didn't respond right away. A couple of years later, I, I had an amazing vision of Christ and gave my life back to him and then been right back in the word ever since. That's and so cool. then it's remained true. As long as the book's open, it's just like, man, I've got direction. I know where I'm going. God's got amazing plans and, and a blessed, amazing path is what I've been walking. So it's definitely, mm-hmm. it's probably the uh, one of the more profound ways that the the word of God has affected my life.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I guess, like, what's so amazing about the Bible is that everyone has a story like that. Like, we all have ways that it's impacted us. And that's why I guess we're here and we are trying to advocate for Bible translation because <laughs> um, we want everyone to be able to have be impacted by the Bible just like we have. Um, and, yeah, I guess I just wanted to bring back um, something we like to do on this podcast, which is based on what you guys grew up doing, which was praying for five nations um, every week. Um, and so... We would like to pray for the five for this week, which is British Indian Ocean Territory, British Virgin Islands, Brunei, Jerusalem, Bulgaria, and Burkina Faso. Um, So, we'd love it if you could pray for those, um, Caleb.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, let's lift up our hearts before the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for who you are, that you are the God of the nations, that your word is an amazing love story to your people. Those who believe in you, that your plan is for people of every nation, tribe, and tongue to be there with you in heaven, worshiping you for eternity. Thank you for that incredible truth, mighty God. I thank you for the nations of British Indian Ocean Territory, for the uh, British Virgin Islands, for the people of Brunei, Jerusalem, for Bulgaria and Burkina Faso. Lord, thank you that you know each and every one of the people in those nations that represent those nations. Lord, thank you that you... Loved each and every one of them enough to die for them. That they were worth it to you to die, to go through that pain, to go through the torture that you went through for each and every one of them. Thank you, mighty God, that you know the hairs on their head, Lord Jesus. You know them in such detail. And Lord, I lift up these people and and we know that there's over 80 of these people groups in these nations that don't have a full Bible in their language, mighty God. We lift up that desperate need before you. We know that your word says faith, the faith that saves, comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Yes. Well, Lord, we know to hear the word of God, you've got to have the word of God in your language. We lift up this desperate need before you, Lord Jesus, and, and pray that, as as you tell us, send workers, mighty God. Send workers. The harvest mm-hmm. is ripe. It's ready. It's ready. So, We do pray and ask in your mighty name, Lord Jesus, for your word in every language, and this week, especially in these five nations. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. It's super awesome when we get to see the impact of Bible translation for sure. And it is such a process. And so Mm. we wanted to share a little bit each week. A segment on some Bible translation news that's going on around the world right now. And so we have some mutual friends in Thailand who are working on a translation now for a people group there. And they sent out a newsletter this week to let us all know that they are now working on the book of Mark, which is an awesome step to be going through. It's super exciting. I think they're up to chapter four. Oh, yeah. In the process. And another piece of news that they shared with us is that one of their team members, uh, through some circumstances, got put in jail. And while he was in there, he was able to see four inmates come to know Jesus. And That's so cool. that is super amazing. That is literally the impact of this these people being in this village, doing mm-hmm. this process of Bible translation, seeing people respond to the gospel and then go out and make disciples themselves even in crazy circumstances like yeah. jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we love that we love uh what they're doing over there and we love that that's what bible translation does so cool yeah uh, i do have a second mm. icebreaker question for you yeah and that is what is a question about the bible that you have that you would like answered mm. Especially considering how much of a nerd you
2: are, <laughs> uh, there's really two big ones. So the first one is, is who wrote Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> the book it, do, it doesn't tell us, you know. I have yeah. I have my sneaking suspicions, but um, you can work that out for yourself. Read it, find out uh, what what you think it who you think it might be. Uh, I think just
0: wait and find just out. Just wait
2: and find out, you know. Um, <laughs> And then the other one is, there, in the book of Revelation, there's you, Paul, uh, not Paul. not Sorry, John is getting this revelation from the angel. And he's being told, share this, share this, share this. And then he hears some thunderings that say something from a scroll. And then it's like, don't share that. And I'm like, what is that? I want to know <laughs> what that is. And it's that, that whole kind of thing, like when you're in a conversation with someone and they're like, oh, this happened. And they're like, oh, I shouldn't tell you. And it's like, well, yeah. you shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> yeah. and so I'm like, it's kind of twofold. I'm like, what did they say? And then why was it included that they said something that we can't know? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's that's a big mystery to me. But yeah, those two things would be the the two big, big questions. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the old, did a- Adam and Eve have a belly button probably? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, these are life's biggest questions. questions.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What is the meaning of life? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So good. All right. Um, Let's jump into the main questions then. So, yeah, I guess we know that you do music and you have a band, but um, what's your history with Bible translation and missions?
2: Um, So, my history with Bible translation and missions. um, So, with Bible translation, it is. Uh, band related so with the band eversmith which back in new zealand was the Esther melody band or we're in america it's the aster melody band (laughs) and uh we had been doing shows around the country for a while playing some churches had some songs on rima and life fm and uh people were starting to talk to us about what we represented what we had a heart for and at that point uh i just felt called to do music and I was like, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm, do- I'm making music for Jesus. And uh, uh, through some shows, we got connected with um, the director of Wycliffe at the time, um, Wayne Freeman. Freeman. And he was an awesome awesome dude, little gruff around the edges, like some, some older guys are, and I, I appreciated him a lot. And he told us about uh, the need for Bible translation, which I just never thought about before. You know, we, we always hear about World Vision on all over TV you know Uh, you hear about many other charities um, that are typically doing like
0: practical aid
2: yeah practical aid and what what people probably see um, I think his name is Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy of needs you know stuff that gets towards the top of that list Habitat for Humanity everyone knows about that Um, but I think that guy got his hierarchy of needs wrong because knowing God is number one Yeah, and uh, so So he told us that there's, you know, over five thousand languages that don't have a full Bible, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, that is that's it. We like lifelong. We got to we got to do whatever we can to help that that get done." So then, in terms of being involved, uh, from there on, that's pretty much been our band's mission focus. So um, done some mission work in in a sense of a bunch of traveling. That's been really uh evangelistic just trying to get lead people directly to christ and not totally bible translation focused because it's like people that speak the same language as me um but predominantly our our main mission focus has been with Wycliffe and um yeah yeah that's pretty much pretty much my history with it now 13 years strong it's uh in many ways how we ended up in the states and it's actually something Mm -hmm. that uh you know we're we're really faith Faith-based people. Um, Sometimes we make decisions that don't make financial sense um, because we know it's Mm -hmm. like this is what God's saying we got to do it. It's amazing that after you know more than a decade of doing that, (laughs) you know it's God because it works out. (laughs) It doesn't work out. Like I'm a I'm a pretty analytical person. Um, Mm -hmm. When when my wife and I are making financial decisions, she gets a little frustrated sometimes because I'm on that side of like you know you always overestimate your expenses and underestimate your income and all that kind of conservative stuff and then it's like oh god said this so let's just uh, make this huge financial risk (laughs) Mm. (laughs) and uh yeah but yeah trusting god he 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 does make a way because you know he's got yeah he's got miraculous ways of providing so we moved to the states um on the back of that whole bible translation history Mm -hmm. uh, um wanting to to uh promote that around the globe because like i was saying with world vision etc as a band uh, I, uh someone had even talked to us about becoming world vision affiliate artists yeah, and we right. were just like now nah, we're gonna we're gonna promote bible translation that's gonna be our thing and so mm-hmm. we wanted to do that over here as well and when i moved here i had no idea of the need here in the usa and mm-hmm. so most most people think you know they think well there's a lot of negativity around about america but if they have some kind of positive view as christians they're like man america sends out so many missionaries every year they spend Mm -hmm. billions of dollars on foreign aid as a government and as uh, the church sends that kind of money out abroad and so a little story of when we first moved here and we're working out like god definitely told us to come here and i'm Part of me is like, but why though? Yeah. (laughs) It's still, you know, in many ways it's a question. Sometimes
0: we still wonder.
2: Sometimes I'm like, why? (laughs)
0: Um,
2: And then, uh, so I'm not sure how much um, people outside of the US are familiar with this particular case, but it was was huge over here. So there was a case between a young black guy named Trayvon Martin and a Hispanic guy, which the media said was white, um, called George Zimmerman. They had an altercation, and there's lots of opinions of who was right and who was wrong. But Zimmerman uh, shot Trayvon uh, and didn't get charged with anything after the guy died because of self defense laws. And, you know, some people will say, well, yeah, he's totally in self defense. The kid attacked him. Some people say, you know, he, as a huge, like, whatever, 250 pound man against, like, a 14 year old or whatever he was, he, you know, it's surely he could have subdu- subdued the guy without using his gun, but. All that aside, uh, I didn't really get affected that much by the story, but I got affected by the racial tension and the culture. So this happened in Florida, you know. It's mm. uh, from the New Zealand perspective. It's about as far away as um, from where I was at as Australia is from New Zealand. So you know, it's ages right. away. Um, and it was like, well, it's, it doesn't really affect me, but the culture and the racial tension really affected me. And I was, mm. I went to God regularly about. it. I'm like, Lord, like, what do we do about this? This is a country that many see as like represent, re- representing Christianity. I know it's a secular nation on, in paper, but it is a Christian majority country, and at least according to the census, and this racial tension is not in line with God's word because, yeah, you know, God's word is the original anti-racist document. People have had prejudice for all of history, and then Jesus came along, and he's like, "Make disciples of every nation." Turn them all into kings and priests. That's what he wants. Yeah. And so I was like, "What do we do?" And uh, a lot of the racial tension centered around the white black thing uh, and and the terrible history of slavery here. And I was I was really in prayer, focused on like, what what can we do about like bringing reconciliation and that because we have the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised to hear God say like, "Hey, that's not even America's first sin." And I was like okay, what does that mean? And God's like, well, what happened to the Native Americans as America's first sin? So I, that's when I really got a heart for uh, what went on with the Native Americans. Um, not long after having that prayer, um, as a family, we moved to an area in Nashville. It's about 20 minutes out called Hermitage. And Hermitage is where um, it's named after Andrew Jackson's Hermitage. And Andrew Jackson is a president from... The 1800s and he's the reason for the trail of tears so for those that don't know the trail of tears is where they took there was all these treaties with the native american people that the u.s government had made and so they had reservations all over the place all over the country and then andrew jackson's like let's remove them forcefully And so, not tha- the treaties, not the people, not yeah. The, yeah. The, let's remove the people in spite of the treaties. Yeah. So they dishonoured their treaties. They took the people and they shoved them all to Oklahoma. They created a state called Oklahoma, which uh, was f- basically to relegate the Native Americans to that place, remove them from their lands. So we're in Tennessee, which is a Cherokee word, uh, Tennessee, which they've changed to anglicized anglicized. and (laughs) there are no like coming from new zealand i was i was used to going to and i was used to like the maori culture being part of just life you know yeah and i was like man i'm in tennessee and there is no like there's the actually used to be a committee representing cherokee in tennessee but it got ended so it was right. like, there was something, and it was actually fairly recent, but that got ended, so now there's no official representation in Tennessee.
1: Mm.
2: I was like, this is terrible. Yeah, we, yeah. we need to start doing something about this. So um, we, we've we eventually uh, got this thing going called the Trail of Joy, which uh, along yeah. the lines of the Ministry of Reconciliation, you know, God can redeem anything. Whatever yeah. hurts and things that have gone on in the past, God God wants to make the... All things work together for good and he can do it so yeah. we believe that through the blood of jesus christ there can be a trail of joy for the native american people and uh the way that we're getting particularly involved is we learned that over a hundred uh of the native american languages that are still living there's no bible or there's not a complete bible so yeah well, for example uh, a couple of weekends back we were in cherokee north carolina which is the closest um, indian reservation to where we are. It's about a four-hour drive. And so Cherokee have a New Testament and eight books of the Old Testament. They don't have anything else. Um, And so it's like, man, we need to do whatever we can to get these people the full word of God because it's the word of God, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and Caleb also has recently had a situation where he's started to get invitations from nations where they've asked him to preach and yeah. <laughs> uh, and they speak a different language, and so mm. he's getting to tangibly experience and engage with these people where he has to have a translator yeah <laughs>
2: yeah, and that's the first time I've done that and it's definitely uh so the first one was uh, a preacher from Pakistan asked me to preach mm. um I got to preach in his his little church via video phone uh mm-hmm. phone call so it was it was definitely it was an amazing experience and
1: yeah
2: um definitely an interesting challenge to you know that you say a line and then they say it and then sometimes you have that funny dynamic where like you say something in english quite long and it can be kind of mm. short in another language and then sometimes <laughs> yeah. you say something pretty short and then it's like really long and i'm like are you adding to what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> or taking it away, or it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but uh, no, i always find it um so fascinating just hearing the word of God being preached in another language just kind of opens your eyes to how big God is, I guess, because he's not confined to a language, you know, and like, yeah, it's still going to impact people in something that I don't even understand, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And it's like, one of the things that uh, like, I'm not really a teary guy, but I got pretty emotional is I like did an altar call and a few people responded and that itself was like, I was like, man, I think I might cry about this. Mm. And then I was like, thank you, Lord, amen. And then the whole room was like, hallelujah. And I was like,
1: oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was,
2: yeah, yeah. it definitely uh, touched my heart, and I was glad that I was alone. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> glad that I was ever a video call, no one in the room with me. It's like yeah, no one yeah, can see yeah. me crying. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. speaking of highlights like that what are some of the highlights of your time working with Wycliffe Bible Translators New Zealand?
2: Uh, So one of them was when we first got started so um, I don't actually remember how the connection got made but I know we kind of created this partnership with Wycliffe uh, started promoting them at churches and then I think the director was like hey you should you know you should meet some people from our organization that are local because you know you get more of a connection and so I went out And it was, I don't know why no one else came with me, but I just, I went by myself and I visited this lady and she was like retired now, but she had been a Wycliffe missionary and she was in Titahi Bay. And she was a super like quiet, just calm old lady. And she was like, oh, you should watch this video. And I was like, okay. I didn't even know, like there was no context. It was just like, hey, I'm Caleb. Hey, I think her name was Sharon, maybe and we sat down she's like you should watch this video she she just pops (laughs) this video on i have no idea what i'm about to see and it was like her the the culmination of her and her husband's work so her husband had passed away at that point and so it was her and her husband presenting the full bible to uh, a people group and i think it was in papua new guinea Mm. and they just like they got it and erupted in joy and then mm-hmm. I saw this quiet lady and her, uh, her now deceased husband like dancing around a campfire like crazy and <laughs> having this yeah. amazing time with this people group that uh, the, the level of joy was just palpable in the people for yeah. receiving the full word of God. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This, mm. The impact this has on people is, is astounding. So that's, that's stuck with me for a long time. It's um, yeah. definitely seeing, it's, it's like one of those full-on flashback moments. R- remembering very, very uh, frequently, and and I try to remind myself too. Sometimes you, especially when you're reading books like Chronicles, you can get a little, uh, your passion for the word can be a, a little less than in some more exciting books, you know. <laughs> yes. And then reminding myself, like, man, I need to have the joy that those people had.
1: Yeah. About yeah. even
2: about the Book of Chronicles, even about Leviticus. Leviticus. Yeah. 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 Which I've always, I'm kind of a, funny with Leviticus. I've actually always kind of enjoyed that book. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. I, I never really yeah. have a, a roadblock with that one, but Chronicles with all the names definitely gets me a little, uh, Right, I'm like, I can probably skip a few of these. <laughs> <laughs> one yeah.
0: time Caleb and I did this program. Uh, there's a guy called Nathan Finocchio, and he created a Bible app group called The Shred, where mm. you read the whole yep. Bible in 30 days. <laughs> I've heard of it, yeah. <laughs> so we decided to do it together. Yep. <laughs> wow. And when you get to... Uh, Chronicles, mate, it's it's like a whole other experience yeah. doing a book like that, just bang, 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 bang. Because mm. suddenly you notice uh, more threads than you do when you read it slowly. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah so for sure.
0: Definitely, if you have a hard time with those books, maybe just read the Bible real fast. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah, speed read.
2: Sometimes speed reading is your best friend. Yeah, Yeah. Mm. for sure. Yeah,
1: because yeah. it's cool. It makes you realize the whole narrative of the bible like how it's all woven together which you don't realize yeah. when you're reading it slowly Fully. but what's cool about it is that you can still get things out of it even in like one tiny verse yeah or like when you see it in that big picture yeah yeah for yeah, sure. yeah for sure
2: it's kind of like watching a movie instead of reading it so mm. you get a lot more like individual detail when you're reading the books and then yeah. you kind of experience it more when you're watching the movie
0: mm. yeah yeah. For sure.
2: yeah yeah and then uh another highlight would be um we had just like uh i'm like a pretty analytical dude so i love having like milestones that i can tick off so um in terms of i know when people represent world vision and stuff they have like metrics in terms of like oh we got this many kids sponsored at this many events and blah 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 and uh with Wycliffe it's been a bit different for us because our primary role has been pretty much just like telling a generation that's as ignorant as we were about Bible translation, that it's actually a thing, yeah. and then getting yeah. people to pray for it, so it's yeah. like it's it's kind of hard to measure. Well, we, um, have,
0: we have literally had hundreds of people sign up to pray for people groups. Yeah, so that, that yeah, <laughs> that
2: that is that is that's a metric we've got going. Uh, though that's fairly recent, uh, yeah. more in the latter half of the more than a decade that we've been with WorkLife because we were asking people yeah. to pray earlier, but we weren't really. I mean, we were pretty young, so we we're just like. I mean, we're asking you to pray, pick a people yeah. group <laughs> and pray for them, and then we didn't really have any way of tracking it. And as I've yeah. got older, I've learned the importance of documentation and yeah. and and how um how much that can really add to your appreciation for a thing, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, in the latter half, I mean, just to go a little off track where I was going, in the latter half we have uh, set up this list of bible people groups and then we'll do an event and we'll do a bunch of worship music and lead people to Christ and be awesome and then we'll share about Wycliffe as well and it's like hey we want you to be praying for a bible people group and come and meet with us at at the merch table and we'll get a specific group so then people will come and and they'll actually sign up to pray and then we we can see like wow look at all these people praying for these individual people groups and of course we have individual people groups ourselves and uh, my people group is the Tang Changya people group in Bangladesh. I pray for them, and it's it's like I used it was so dire their situation. I used to not be allowed to say that. It's like mm. don't when when I uh, reached out to Wycliffe, I was like, "Hey, I want to be praying for a people group," and they were like, "Well, pray for this group, but don't tell anybody because if yeah. word gets out, like these people can get oppressed." And I was like, yeah. "Oh my goodness, it's just another one of those like." being from such a <laughs> a western background you know mm. our problem seems so insignificant and it's like man i read yeah. the bible every day and i couldn't imagine like just the equivalent for me being like oh what if i told a friend oh, i read the bible every day and then it's like jail you know yeah such a it just does your head in kind of of how mm. how much of a uh tough situation they're in but or super cool to see you know uh, obviously i'm not the only one praying but um to be part of that uh, praying for this people group and now like they've got to the place where it can be shared that there's translation work going on for this this people group that yeah they're small and they're kind of a small little community that uh not a lot of people would see as significant in backcountry bangladesh but it's like god loves those people yeah he loves them As much as as he loves any of us, and uh, Mm -hmm. knowing that they're receiving the word of God is like, oh man, this is it's it's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It reminds you of that um, parable in the Bible um, where it's representing Jesus who leaves the ninety-nine for the one, Mm -hmm. and it's like you know, even if the people group is small, it's still of utmost importance to God, and He still wants to be able to, you know, speak to them and have His word in their language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly,
2: for sure. Yeah. yeah and then the other thing i was going to say in terms of like the metrics thing is we uh so we were on uh we've had a bunch of songs on kind of nationwide radio in new zealand and and we used that relationship to get wickliffe like can't remember how many hours but it was like thousands of hours of free advertising on the radio and mm. it, it was like man that that definitely felt like an achievement
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's yeah. like
2: taking a big box there of like man got some massive promotion for wickliffe so that's I'd say, uh, yeah. that, was, that was really cool to be part of. And then another one, this is kind of funny. We did a tour in 2013, I think, of New Zealand. And uh, this is another big promotion that we did with um, Rima for Wycliffe. And we had these pamphlets that we picked up from Rima to take around the country and promote. At all the shows we did, and we had more. I think we had more pamphlets than we had band gear, (laughs) and we're like, we had no space for it because we didn't plan that well. So, like, I remember sitting in the car, (laughs) hugging all these
1: boxes, (laughs) and then the commitment,
2: yeah. And like, we, I mean, we're we're like always willing to do it rough, you know, yeah, if Mm. if it if it if you've got to put up with, with some uncomfortability to, to make the mission work, then that's what you do, mm, you know. Yeah, but yeah, we'd, we'd brought a couple of Americans with us that, um, not all Americans are like this, but they were like <laughs> this. They were more on the train of like, oh, you know, we're the band, so we should be comfortable. And so p- putting them in the back of a van where there's more space for the pamphlets than there is for them... <laughs> uh, <laughs> There was some relational yeah. dynamics. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so I appreciate funny.
0: that you're listing that as a highlight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know,
2: those those times you go through, they're fun to look back on. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I mean, you do like that uh, in terms of like history with Wycliffe and working with people and how all that works. Is uh, the mountaintop moments of like we got all that those hours um, of advertising for Wycliffe That's really really cool. Mm. But then, yeah. a lot of the time, when you go through struggle and something that's more difficult, that's often the thing that you really look back on. Yeah, As, yeah. I know. On a previous podcast, you guys had Rob Lovett, and he was talking about his plane crash experience. Yeah, And yeah. it's like, I mean, at the time, you're definitely like not a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like, oh, that is a highlight, you know? Yeah. 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 So there, there's been some, uh, a bunch of things like that in my life where, when yeah. when I was going through it, I'm like. I would rather not go through this. And then yeah. seeing how God used it on the other side, it's like, okay, that's, yeah, that, that's a pretty big highlight of my life to have that happen. So
1: mm, so yeah. true. Yeah, I guess you've already touched on this quite a bit, but is there anything else you want to add into how your music ministry serves the mission of Bible translation?
2: Um, I guess, uh, uh, yeah, so one of the things with with music, and this this is kind of... um. I think something I've, I've learned myself over time is when I thought of how the music scene works when you're doing music professionally or, or semi-professionally or even just as an amateur, you're thinking of like the on-stage moments, um, mm-hmm. the moments where like you release a song and a whole bunch of people listen to it. Um, those moments are really, really cool, but you, you get some really interesting person-to-person time as a musician. So like an analogy for it would be uh, being in Nashville I've been picked up as uh, just a gun for hire musician like oh that guy can play the drums let's have him come on the road with us we'll pay him this much right. money and in Nashville you have so many incredible musicians that like as long as you meet the bar of professional standard like that's not what the auditions out about anymore so pretty mm-hmm. much you a whole bunch of people would audition for a part or, or maybe not even doing auditions just like everyone's like well here are the people that we know are good enough and then they're like you've ticked the playability box and so all the other boxes come into play. And so what people say is, you know, you got one hour on stage and then you got 23 hours on the bus.
1: Right.
2: So which is more important? <laughs> so you don't mm. want any uh, You don't want any jerks. And, right. and in a similar way, like, yeah, you're, you're touring around, you're doing music, you're sharing about Wycliffe. And a lot of the time, like if Esther's doing it or I do it from stage, it's like maybe a 10, 15 minute presentation on Wycliffe. And it gets it gets the conversation started, and then yeah. and then you go to the merch table, and you might be hanging out there for two hours, and then you go back right. to the host home that are hosting you at that church, and you get to talk to them for like a couple of days about what yeah. you're doing, and mm. those are uh, that's in some ways I feel like that's been our, our like deeper work. Um, I was actually sharing just yesterday I was playing uh, playing drums at a church. Uh, it's actually run by Australians here in Nashville. Um, which was super fun because I wore my All Blacks jersey and, um, <laughs> and the head passed the notice, so that was super fun. Um, <laughs> but backstage, I was I was talking with a guy who I'd met that day and he was singing um, in, in the team and he was like, well, you know, why would you come to America? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I shared with him about how we'd just been in Cherokee and that's, that's a big part of our mission, reaching out to Bibleless people groups. And he had no idea that mm. there was... Bible is people groups. And yeah. there's, and this is like a real thing, and I don't know how it exists. There are people promoting the idea that everybody has the Bible. Really? And I'm like, how did that happen? Because yeah. it's just ab- objectively not the case. Yeah. <laughs> so I've
0: come across some of those people. <laughs> yeah. And, wow. I'm,
2: and I, I'm still not, I don't know if there's like a group of people that just like have bad information and they're promoting the idea, or there's just mm-hmm. like a bunch of people that have, have heard some stuff and come to the wrong conclusion but definitely I, yeah.
0: there was a, i i listened to a podcast one time of this guy and he had had a person from Wycliffe come and talk to him about bible translation and somehow his takeaway was that all of it was done and i was like mm. i know Wycliffe they would never say that so it must <laughs> be like you know that whole chinese whispers
2: yeah yeah right and then well, and that's actually we have a fun story about that so this kind of tells you to some extent the scope of the issue and why it's so important for people to get on board and be part of the answer so when we came to the states one of the first churches we went to um we the guy who preached that day he came and met us after the the service and he was like hey how's it going like obviously you're not from here like why are you in the states and we shared the mission, and We had that, you know how sometimes people just like stop listening and they just start saying like affirmative words to like get you to finish Mm. your story. So (laughs) we were like, do you realize that there's more than 5,000 people without the Bible, uh, the full Bible in their language? And he was like, man, that's awesome. And we're like, no, nah, it's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and and, yeah. Yeah,
2: and it's, I, don't, I don't think he was genuinely saying that he thought it was awesome that people don't have the Bible. But I do think yeah. that, you know, that's, that's how some of those Chinese whispers start, as yeah. you get
1: yeah.
2: people not totally listening and things like that. So this guy backstage yesterday, he was blown away. He was just like, eyes as, as big as watermelons, you know, like, oh yeah. my goodness. There is uh, there's people without the Bible, and I've never even thought about that in my whole life. And yeah. he's like a fifty year old dude. So those those conversations there um, there uh, they're, I think they are a really really big part of what we do, and it's it is enhanced by like one of the things why I think uh, with the World Vision example, one of the reasons why artist partnerships have been uh, such a key part of of their work. Uh, I think there's some crazy statistic like if someone signs up. Uh, to sponsor a a child like on the street at those street things like they the average is like three or four months and then they drop the child which sucks Mm. but if someone signs up at a concert and and an artist led them to do it like they're pretty much signed up until the kid ages out and it's like man that is a massive difference and yeah and there is that you know um there is that reality about music that it's it's a massive privilege to to be on stage and to to, to do music and then have people be really emotionally impacted by it. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that as Christians, we need to realize that, you know, if you're in that position, you need to take that really, really seriously because that adds significant responsibility. So then how you communicate with people, what you share with people, uh, you can really influence people and you don't want yeah. to do it negatively. So I know um, there was some, some pretty big raves about me as a drummer going around when when I showed up and started playing um at that church. And so I knew like, man, I'm talking to people and they are really listening now. They were listening mm. a lot more intently uh after I played drums than before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so yeah. being able to being able to have that uh that influence is is definitely uh I think a massive part. And it's and it's a lot more behind the scenes than our, our typical like yeah. do a bunch of music, preach the gospel, share about Wycliffe kinda vibe
1: and mm. it's like what we were saying last week how the interaction with people is almost way more part of the mission than the actual like in bible translation than the actual goal of getting it translated it's mm. the the journey of interacting with people and it's the same thing in your ministry just yeah it's what you do behind the scenes in the conversations you have yeah
0: for real oh and for both, sure we're self-supporting cause our band doesn't really uh well we don't charge a set fee and <laughs> we don't think that people should be charged to hear the good Mm. news and so we have always supported ourselves and one of the things we've both done is drive for lyft and uber and even through that people are always like well what are you doing here oh well we're here you know and we talk about bible translation and stuff and so many times i've had passengers who are from another country and i'm like oh we pray for you they're like what I you I yeah. people usually don't even know my country exists. And then I'm like, yeah, I can tell you who your prime minister is or like you who whatever the leader is and um so yeah, it's kind of wild how impactful it can be for people to simply hear that someone knows about their nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. yeah, it's pretty cool. You've kind of also already touched on this a little bit too, Cabes, but our next question that we had for you is what's your experience interacting with people about Bible translation as an ambassador? And I would probably also include in that what has been people's response?
2: Yeah, 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 definitely touched on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're already like
1: jumping ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just killing it. Yeah,
2: I'm a little bit of a yeah. blabbermouth, you know. I did a I did a personality <laughs> test recently and I got 99% extroverted and everyone was like not surprised <laughs> so you know that is he uh, also
0: got one percent polite <laughs> 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 1%. yeah uh,
2: which which to um, be um, to be clear on that is it's not that i'm an impolite person but some people will be polite to everybody uh but i'm the type of person that personality wise um thankfully we're more than our personalities we can be we can have good training to help us see our our faults but Uh, personality wise I'm typically only polite to those that I think have gained my respect Um, (laughs) and then you know thankfully I've uh, heard the message of Christ and accepted it so (laughs) it means that I have (laughs) a reason to respect everybody you know (laughs) (laughs) not that I live that out all the time but
0: (laughs) certainly (laughs) when we read read that it was very funny (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
2: definitely uh people that know me and that we shared it with had a had a really good laugh i'm glad i'm glad that i was able to provide that kind yeah.
1: of yeah. humor for them
2: but yeah. yeah dealing with people um something that you know for people listening is talk to your senior leaders about how important it is and how mm-hmm. important you believe it is have that awkward conversation go to them and be like i heard about this cause i think we need to get behind it because that's that's our day to day, and man, it's tough.
1: Mm.
2: Pretty much the message is, oh, our mission budget's full, and it's like we didn't even come asking for money. We're just asking yeah. to pray, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But and, and I get it, you know. Like we we have our own uh, church that we run here in Nashville, so and it's small, and our time is full. Yeah. So you get people that approach you with this amazing idea, and oh, God's told me to do this, and. Uh, a lot of the time, you know, I don't think it actually is. I think it's their own idea that they've mm. has have said God, is God because they're excited, and and you know that's that's part of the human experience that you got to deal with. But but we do know. <laughs> I I challenge anyone that uh, if you think that Bible, the mission of Bible translation isn't something that God wants, then you know, talk to me about it, mm. and we'll prove you wrong. <laughs> 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 so it yeah. is it is super important, and then um method method is a really really big deal um i know Mm -hmm. it's one of the things i really respect about Wycliffe is that they are developing their methods and Mm -hmm. if people are resting on their laurels like that's pretty much as a business-minded person if a a company develops something amazing and then rests on their laurels that company isn't going to be around for very long they're Mm -hmm. gonna they're gonna move on and we see it you know you have um uh computer companies of the past computers are a very very new industry in in the the scope of human history and you have um places that were you know ibm and xerox were like the biggest names in the industry before uh 2000 and now it's just like who's that and uh they (laughs) they were like oh we got these products and we're just going to rest on our laurels you had kodak you know they had their uh their kind of cameras and they just basically didn't jump on the digital train, and then they got left behind. And, and Wycliffe, mm. Wycliffe got big respect because they, they do look at what, what's the new technology? How can we use this uh, to, to really forward the mission of Bible translation? So they're, they're doing a great job, and it gets better and better and better, which is great news. Um, mm. And then there's, there's always that key of as the body of Christ, you got to make your voice heard, and uh there's a lot of noise for a lot of senior pastors and senior pastors are really they are really influential talking about the influence um and we would love to see more uh more churches get on 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 board with promoting bible, the need for bible translation because it is i mean yeah. it's when you once you hear about it it's um i think the biggest problem is just hearing about it you know yeah because uh, exactly so often it's it's not like people have heard it and then decided oh we don't want to be part of that it's just like i don't even know yeah um but then there is there is to some extent that like the response i was saying earlier like man you share with people this dire need and they're like oh we're we're already busy like Mm. wow you know yeah
1: but it's like you were saying like you just want People to be aware of it and pray for it because we forget the power of prayer and how important that is in mission. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah. Big time. Um, yeah. So, how do you see the role of Bible translation in the in relation to the church and the Great Commission?
2: Absolutely central. It comes back to that. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And then there's also a really, really key Scripture in Acts, where uh, I think it's in Ephesus. I uh, could be wrong, but um, Paul is there's a huge ruckus in the crowd and it all gets pretty violent and uh, it's pretty much a riot going on and then what Paul does is he speaks the native language of the people and so they understand Greek and he's in a synagogue so he switches from Greek which everybody was understanding it's the language of the day and he starts speaking Hebrew to those people and because he started speaking their heart language not just the language they know and understand and speak fluently or not the language that's, you know, like English is in the world, it's the language of commerce, you know, um, which is what Greek was back then. They start speaking the language of the heart, and they all yeah. hush, and they listen.
0: More intently.
2: More intently is the phrase the word says, as Esther wow. points out. And that, that great need is um, it's, it, it's what makes us so central to the Great Commission. If we're gonna disciple the people of all nations, we need to be able to speak to their hearts. So we need to be able to share the word in their heart language. Yeah. So I think that I think that pretty much sums it up, you know.
0: For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure, it's a great answer. Thank you. Um. (laughs) 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 So share with us a bit about your heart for the next generation in relation to Bible translation.
2: Man. How long do you want me to go? (laughs) (laughs) So next generation, I have a huge heart for the next generation. Um, The mission of our church that I was was part of writing the mission is uh, an intergenerational network as part of what we're trying to develop um, because Mm. one of the amazing things about church is while the world is insistent on separating demographics, you know, boomers versus millennials, all that jazz, um, the church is where we all come together. Yeah, and that's God. God's heart for us. He He made family. Yeah. He He yeah. is the author of the idea of family. And uh, God, He's a generation to generation person. And one of the things I see in the next generation, and it's very, it's kind of prevalent with millennials. And then it kind of, uh, it's even more so. Man, the camera's <laughs> driven out right now.
1: <laughs>
2: um, but it's it's even more prevalent with um, Gen Z or Gen Z however yeah. you like to say that letter. Um, I'm teaching my American son to say Z. by the way. Uh, and, I'll, and I have a younger one that can't speak yet, and he will also say Zed. But uh, that's that's a, a sad point. But Generation... They
0: say, they say mum too. They
2: say mum, that's right.
1: Nice,
0: um, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, generation Z, they, they are showing the same um, things that the millennials were showing and to an even greater ca- capacity in many ways in terms of depression, anxiety, lack of purpose. Now, of course... They're growing up in a world that tells them that there's no point, Mm. you know, that uh, there's a a philosophy that's super popular called existentialism. And it's actually something that a lot of churches, people are having an existential crisis and blah, blah, blah. And I actually personally don't use that word in terms of identifying with it because you understand the philosophy of it. You have the old way, which was essentialism, which is your purpose is defined by what and who you are. And so I, I think that Christianity lines up with that because we're like, God made us to be a particular person. He gives us purpose. Whereas existentialism is you define your own purpose. It's, inher- <laughs> it's inherently atheist. And so you have this predominant philosophy that's being taught at universities. It's, it's the, um, the kind of corollary of it is, is found in um, high school education and lower of like, you know, you got to define who you are. You make your own purpose. And eventually you go down that path and you reach nihilism because it's like, well, you're just going to die anyway. What's the Mm -hmm. point? Um, Whereas on the flip side, knowing that God is real and leading people to Christ, which can only be done through having the word in people's language, is, man, that is fulfilling. That is fulfilling. One of the things I get uh, a little bit of tension going on over here in the States, which of, it often works out well, so I, I'll keep saying it. So you have over here, the pursuit of happiness is in the founding mm-hmm. documents, Isn't declaring it? independence from the British government and having the right to the pursuit of happiness. And I keep telling people that that's kind of pointless.
1: Mm.
2: Happiness is a feeling. It goes, comes and it goes, you know? right? And uh, pursuit of purpose is what we really need. And yeah. purpose, eternal purpose, is is the is the really really the pinnacle you know the stuff that will last just like jesus said there's there's uh temporal purpose you can do something you know uh you can work really really hard save up for a new mountain bike and buy it you can Mm. save up to to be a homeowner and achieve that big big successful tick in your books and um and i mean as a person that's i've I've uh, worked really, really hard in in a business sense and have achieved some of those things. You know, I'm I'm a millennial homeowner. How crazy is that? It's uh, (laughs) it's it's something that you know, it's wild to me that going down the the path of faith and trusting God has has led to that happening in my life. But it's so temporal. It's not what drives me. Mm. It's a byproduct of of hard work. But the reason why I work hard. And everything I do is because I know that I'm representing Christ and I have a deep purpose. Yep. And and that's yeah. my heart for the next generation is to see them understand their true purpose, understand that they're not going to be fulfilled in life unless they have a relationship with Christ. And then mm. their relationship with Christ is, it's not separate to the church. Like mm. having a relationship with Christ is to be part of the church. And the yeah. church has a specific mission that it's following. And um You got to follow that mission, and in doing so, you'll you'll uh, you know you'll have trials, you have hard times, you'll have times that are just like the disciples' massive tribulation. But it won't uh, it won't destroy your soul.
0: Yeah,
2: it'll grow it. It'll cause you to be a truly uh, a person that's really following Second Corinthians three eighteen, which tells us that as we behold the glory of the Lord, we're transformed into His image from glory to glory. And so you'll be a person that goes from glory to glory by the power of the Holy Spirit if you uh, put the things of the world aside, and you get into serving God, and I I just can't see how serving God doesn't include this massive need, which is the need of Bible translation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool well thank you so much for joining us we've just yeah loved having you here we have to say um just the insight into what you do and how that um relates to what we do at Wycliffe and how we can partner together in that um so yeah what are some ways that we can support you
2: oh yeah happy to be here by the way stoked (laughs) to be part of the podcast um Mm. supporting me so uh hopefully you like it but if you listen to our music that does support us uh you know make sure you follow us on all the socials and uh apple music and spotify um youtube ever smith is not a common thing it's just one word if you put ever smith you're going to get a billion results on google if you search mm-hmm. Eversmith smith is one word you won't it, it won't take you long to find us um yeah. and then yeah following us on spotify does legitimately help us um it helps even if you don't even if you don't like our particular style of music adding yourself as a follower does mean that when we release music spotify is more likely to promote us uh, which you know we've had um, the blessing of, of being promoted by spotify uh, and, and apple music which has led to like a million streams over all our different uh, platforms and and that means that more people hear from us and that does mean that more people hear about Bible translation. So that's that's a big way to support. Um, key thing, you know, if you don't have a bible as people group you're praying for, sign up. You can reach out to us directly. You can reach out to Wycliffe directly. Uh, mm-hmm. Either way, it's fine. Um, we do love to, it w- it's a blessing when you reach out through us because then we get to know of the more and more people that are praying. Um, mm-hmm. So it does help us know that, you know we're actually achieving something and we always
0: communicate with Wycliffe as well so it means Wycliffe finds out too yeah so Wycliffe Wycliffe will find
2: out through us if you bypass us Wycliffe will know but we won't know Um, so we do like to know it it is it is encouraging and then we also you know we are relational people God made everyone to be that way and we love developing relationships with people total we're total ideas people you know like we, uh, some people get connected with us. They're like, oh, let's pray for a Bible as people group, and then we make this amazing friendship. So mm. always great to, to know more people of the body of Christ, to, to hear what people have got going on. Um, so mm. we love love it when people reach out. Um, we also we do have um, missionaries we support directly uh, that, that are doing translation work. Um, so you can give to our church with the the line bible translation so megamorphic church which i should probably explain that um that name it's pretty wild but megamorphic church m-e-g-a-m-o-r-p-h-i-c uh is is our church name and you can we're on venmo if you're in the states you can give um donations at megamorphic.church on uh paypal you can reach out to us that you want to give and we will forward a hundred percent of that um to the missionaries we support and I'm pretty sure they're in a place where it can they can be talked about. Um, so they've kind of moved on from that hidden situation, but they are actually still hidden on the Wycliffe website because there is some. It's quite sensitive the whole subject of Bible translation in countries that are run by religions that aren't friendly to Christianity. So um, it's actually it's kind of one of the easiest ways to give to these missionaries is give via us, and we we pass on legitimately a hundred percent. We're a five hundred one c three, which in the U S is the official uh, not-for-profit setup so you know we do all our accountability reporting so you know 100% of it's going over Um, sometimes there are transaction fees and if you give via us we actually just cover that for you so it's a bonus Um, yeah those are those are some key ways
0: yeah which is an awesome option specifically for viewers who might be from the US Um, but we also know that you can give via Wycliffe as well Yeah, Uh, Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, um, we have a Wycliffe website where you can donate through there. And um, we also have um, Instagram and Facebook running so you can keep up to date with
0: everything that we're producing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, by the way, Alex is doing a great job at. I've been following (laughs) you you. guys and I love all of your content (laughs) at the moment. So good. Thank you. So good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, well, it's been awesome to have you. Um, We. Don't have our next podcast guest um, confirmed, but we are going to be back here in a month's time um, with another episode. Um, yeah, and speaking of supporting, like subscribe, make sure you do that um, to this podcast as well. Yes.
2: Yeah. Sure.
1: Awesome. Hi, everyone.
2: See you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>